Hey folks, it's Carl over at HunzaHealthy.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Ask the Expert. In today's video, we're going to clear up some myths and misconceptions about barefoot training and barefoot running. And I can't think of anybody more qualified to speak on this subject than my very special guest, Dr. Emily Splickle. Dr. Splickle is a podiatrist and human movement specialist in the, in the New York City area. And she's the founder of the Evidence-Based Fitness Academy, along with being the creator of the Barefoot Training Specialist, Barefoot Rehab Specialist, and Bare Workout Certifications for Health and Wellness Professionals. With over 13 years in the fitness industry, Dr. Spiegel has dedicated her medical career towards studying postural alignment and human movement as it relates to foot function and barefoot training. Dr. Spiegel, thank you for being here. Of course, my it's, pleasure. Uh, really, actually, I'm with you in your office, and you're not in mine, but <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to be here with you, and um, it's a real honor to have you as a part of my program, and uh, one of the things I've noticed in the environment that I work in, in the university, up at Syracuse University, is the topic of barefoot training and barefoot running, and it seems to be, it's being talked about more, more than it used to be. Um, and I see more and more minimal shoes coming into the gym, you know, not in great numbers, but we are seeing that it, it's, it's increasing. Um, of course, it's not without some controversy, and I know uh, today we, we're going to talk and we're going to discuss some of these issues um, about making that transition to barefoot. So I'd like to get right into some questions. Sounds right? great. All right. So can you tell me um, what is the difference between barefoot training and barefoot running? Uh, so I think this, you're, you're right on the fact that there's, this is a very controversial topic. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of myths and misconceptions around it. Um, I think the biggest misconception is where people put the word barefoot, is they will consider minimal footwear barefoot, and that's not true. Okay. They'll consider minimal running or a midfoot running strike pattern as barefoot, and again, that's right. not true. If you're going to talk about like true, true barefoot running, mm -hmm. that that's not specifying anything about your strike pattern. That just means that you're running without shoes. Um, we can go into the different strike patterns, and I know that we are going to discuss that. And then the same thing with barefoot training, true, true barefoot training and the benefits mm -hmm. that I try to promote in my certifications is no shoes, no socks, your foot is completely bare, and you're tapping into the nervous system through the bottom of the foot. That's okay. what true barefoot training is. Um, a lot of people kind of miss mix them around and okay. you know really think that the minimal is barefoot and it's not right I noticed um, when I'm barefoot in fact on the way down here I was thinking about my the years that I was involved in martial arts we were always completely barefoot you know I remember that was a completely different feeling when we were doing a single leg stance or squats or any kind of movement activities too and that um, the, the foot works in a completely different way it, there's a reason why martial arts are barefoot. Um, same thing with a lot of dance. Um, gymnastics is always barefoot. There's you know certain arts or sports that are always barefoot, and it's really because you're tapping into um, the nervous system from like a deep stability, reflexive muscle activation pathway, 
that just allows you to be more accurate mm -hmm. in like fine mm -hmm. motor movements um, as well as the way that you react to the ground um, or to opponents, so like more in right. martial art, um, as well as your stability and your, your jumping and your landing techniques. So okay. there's, there's a reason why we take off the shoes. So is, um, you just answered this one here. And let's, let's move on here. Are there less injuries in barefoot running? Uh, so this, uh, that's another controversy. Mm -hmm. um, and before I answer that, I will make the stance that I take a very unbiased approach. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something to understand that when you're reading, everybody has their opinion. And right, everybody is right. going to answer things from a very biased approach. So if you read certain articles that that person is like a diehard barefoot, mm -hmm. barefoot runner, they think that everybody, we were born to be barefoot runners or midfoot strikers, etc. cetera, um, what they say is going to have an underlying bias to it. Okay. Same thing with someone who hasn't really studied and understood barefoot running or a midfoot strike pattern. They're going to take a very hard biased approach against it. And mm -hmm. the same thing with the research. Research can be a little skewed, right? So I've done research, yeah. and you, you want yeah. your results. <laughs> so you're kind of like, well, maybe, but you can't skew research, right. but the interpretation of the results is biased. That's human nature to be biased. So what I try to do is take a very unbiased approach with all of my patients. So for some people, barefoot running or midfoot strike pattern has less injuries. For others, they have more injuries because it has to do with foot type, it has to do with your recovery, the way that you progress it, your um, background of your kind of baseline endurance and physical condition. So there's a lot of variables. Um, for the most part, barefoot running or midfoot strike has less injuries because you shift the way that the body responds to impact. Okay. Um, in someone who has like a very flat foot or um, a history, I call them spiral injuries, which someone has to take my workshop <laughs> to know what that means. But spiral related injuries would be like shin splints, um, Achilles tendonitis, post-tip tendonitis, runner's knee, patellofemoral pain syndrome. All of these are like spiral injuries. Okay. Um, when you shift to a midfoot strike, the demands on your deceleration are less. Okay. Right. So that's where you could say that there's less injuries in a midfoot strike pattern or a barefoot running technique because okay. you shift the demand of deceleration. Um, but if someone can't decelerate off the bat, well, they might get injured in a midfoot strike pattern as well. So there's different injuries for different reasons. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. So for those who are interested in transitioning. What, what would be the secret to not getting injured making this transition to barefoot running? So um, one of the most or the most important points is one, you have to maintain uh, foot mobility. So anytime you're introducing a new movement or a new stress to the body, mm -hmm. you have to recover. Recover would be um, stretching, myofascial release, standing mm -hmm. on the golf mm -hmm. balls that you know that I propone a lot. Um, some sort of recovery element that has to be matched with your foot strength. Mm -hmm. So this is all kind of focused from the ground up. So your foot strength. So that means that as you're transitioning, you have to build baseline foot strength. If you're going from a traditional shoe that there's a lot of cushion, 
um, to a minimal shoe, where there's minimal cushion or it's a completely bare foot, your foot is not used to taking in all of that impact, which right. means you have to teach it how to bring in the impact. Mm -hmm. And we have 18 muscles in the bottom of the foot. They play a very important role in how your body loads. Okay. Traditional shoes with all the cushion block those small muscles, which right. means they're like on vacation. They're not mm -hmm. doing anything. Mm -hmm. So you transition to a minimal shoe, they're not used to taking in this impact. Right. So I advise that runners do barefoot work, barefoot balance exercise, learn how to do short foot, um, walk barefoot, do right. different barefoot movement before you start running barefoot. Okay. So you have to build that baseline. Then as you actually are transitioning to that midfoot strike, you need to slowly increase your mileage. Obviously, that's right. probably the most right. important or common sense one. Um, but at the same time, is you have to match that recovery, foot strength, increasing the mileage. It has to be a little dance that you're doing, a, a right. little balance. Most people don't think about the recovery, definitely don't think about the foot strength, mm -hmm. and they just think, if I gradually increase my mileage, I'm fine. Right. And then that's not true. Right. And then you get to see them as a patient when they have an injury. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then midfoot strike... Or barefoot running gets a bad name. Yeah, true, true. Because there is a lot of controversy about it. But I also know people who've been doing uh, either barefoot, and I know more people who use the minimal shoes. Mm -hmm. and, and those who've uh, had good experiences, you know, I mean, it's great. They talk about the benefits. My son being one of them, he's been minimal shoes for years. Uh -huh. he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't even think of doing it without them. Right. You know, or with a conventional shoe. Right, right. Yeah, so if, uh, most people, when they switch, they're like, good. But yeah. you have to realize that specific to running, 70 to 80% of runners get injured. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you are a heel strike or a midfoot strike or you're barefoot, you're in traditional shoes, you're in right. a hoka, you will get injured. This because, yes, we're designed to run, but not to the distances that we do. Right. That you're defying physics, and eventually your body will break. That's mm -hmm. why 70, and it's not the shoes. All right. of the research shows it's not the shoes, it's teaching the body, your technology, which is your sure. nervous system, how to react to the ground. Well, it seems like we've, like you said, the cushioning blocks a lot of stuff. So we've become accustomed to blocking all of that out. Mm -hmm. And as a trainer, I'm learning a lot here about, uh, in fact, I was standing on golf balls the past few days, mm -hmm. and I'm feeling a lot of different things. I, I realized that I have some underactive and overactive issues going on, I would say, that may be causing some uh, upward of their, some issues. Um, probably nothing major, but I don't know. Yep. But I like the idea of even the corrective techniques you can use for the bottom of the foot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the standing on the golf balls, totally go on a tangent, but <laughs> sorry. The golf balls is a release technique. Mm -hmm. So for those who maybe know anatomy trains and all the fascial lines, most of them cross the bottom of the foot. Similar to a myofascial release that we would use in a corrective situation, yep, right? Yep. Okay. So the bottom of the foot, you're, you're releasing all of those fascial lines. Second one that people don't really realize with the golf balls is if you stimulate like re foot reflexology, mm -hmm. like trigger right. points, mm -hmm. you actually stimulate the nervous system and the client or yourself has better balance. So if you're mm -hmm. thinking like seniors, fall reduction, baby boomers, sure. that whole, 
if you do the golf ball release, it releases the fascial tissue, but you're also stimulating how they balance the mechanoceptors. Yeah, and that's huge. Stability is a huge issue for a lot of people, especially as they get older mm-hmm. and see all these injuries. Yep. Um, I also notice when I'm barefoot, barefoot, it seems like I, I notice every single movement. You know, if I'm walking, it's like micro movements, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Yep, absolutely. So for those who are considering making the change, and let's say they want to go minimal shoe route, mm-hmm. uh, how do they find the best minimal shoe? How do you go about um, searching and fitting yourself for those? So minimal shoes by design are minimal, mm-hmm. <laughs> which means there's not a lot of technology in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guide that runners, patients, um, whomever, go for the fit in the forefoot. So it's the, the forefoot. All right. And to also understand that minimal shoes, there's two types. There's um, those that are designed for running, mm-hmm. so true minimal running shoes, and then minimal um, cross-training okay. or like cross-conditioning type shoes. Right. So those that are running, you'll have like the Nike Freeline, the Vibram Five Fingers that everybody probably knows, um, New Balance Minimus, Scora, the Hirachi Sandals. So there's a lot of different variety in them um for some the drop to like total zero drop like flat flat is too much for anyone who has a history of like achilles tendonitis you do not want to go that that far down you don't want to be a true zero drop okay you want to gradually decrease it or maybe just hold yourself at a little bit of a heel toe drop like a minimal heel toe drop um what's considered minimal just so you know a traditional shoe between the heel and the toe the slope Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is 14 millimeters all right that's like half an inch okay okay for it to be considered zero drop the highest of it would be eight millimeters all right so you you're kind of going half of what a traditional is that's considered zero drop but it's not zero millimeters between heel and toe some people can't tolerate that um and if people start getting achilles tendonitis and things like that then that means that they have to go up more mm-hmm. towards that Might eight millimeter. For them, so. Yeah, so okay. that that's why I like the Nike Free Line because it goes 5.0, mm-hmm. 4.0. Like uh. they, that reason you don't have to drop down and buy five pairs of shoes, but right. you can drop down gradually. Right. As far as the four foot fit, you want it to be wide because our foot splays every time you strike the ground. You want those digits to splay in the forefoot. That's an important part of how you absorb shock. Mm -hmm. And then um, all of them have a little bit different actual shape to the shoe. Um, Some people might like the pockets. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally am not a big fan of having a toe in each a a pocket like that. So they make them without the toes? Um, Without the toe pockets? Well, no, I mean, it would just be like the whole Mm -hmm. foot is in one. I didn't know that. Yeah, so like Nike Free is. I might like, like that. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. If anyone has like a longer second toe, it might not fit into the pockets. Right. If you have hammer toes, rotations, bunions, mm-hmm. all of that, they're not going to fit point. That's real good. into okay. the pockets. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then really it's a comfort. So, you know, going out and trying them. You really, you know, if you, a person traditionally likes, say, Nike, they might not really like the Nike Free Line, and that's fine. Go check out the New Balance Minimus. Go check out Scora. Go check mm-hmm. out, you know, Good. some of the, the other ones. Okay. So I have one last question. Okay. Can people with flat feet run barefoot? Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, I have, and I'm Absolutely. glad to hear that because I have some clients who are going to be very happy to hear this. Oh yeah, no, and I've I've heard other podiatrist professionals just say flat feet, no. And why they can, one, um, why I would guide them to 
barefoot running or a midfoot strike is that remember I had said that we decelerate through a spiral? Yes. A flat foot or a lot of flat feet are already in this spiral, which means deceleration is working against them. Okay. So if you shift them to a running technique that has requires less deceleration, which would be a midfoot strike or barefoot running, they can do better. You actually decrease the risk of like runner's knee, patellofemoral pain, shin splints, if you take a flat foot and you switch them. It's right. so very, very important. Um, they do have uh, foot strength is kind of working against them. So doing the barefoot training to build up to start barefoot running is really important. And then glute strength is huge right. because right. their glutes kind of have a, a little delay mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so understanding that foot type, but understanding the demands of a midfoot strike and that actually kind of favors the flat foot. Okay, great. Well. I have some people who are going to be happy to hear that news. Good. <laughs> well, I, I know I've learned a lot here in the past few minutes. This has been fantastic. Um, can you tell the viewers the websites they should go to? I'll have a scrolling across the screen, but what are the two websites you mentioned? Sure. So um, you can go to my company website, which is ebfafitness.com or evidencebasedfitnessacademy.com if you want to type it all out. Okay. Um, also, barefootstrong.com. BarefootStrongBlog.com, okay. and then 2015, I'm throwing the first ever Barefoot Training Summit, so I'm very excited ah, for this. Nice. So that's BarefootTrainingSummit.com. Where's that going to be? India. Oh, oh cool. USA. Ah. And Spain. Awesome. I'll have so. to look into that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. So, well, this has been great. Thank you again, You're so Dr. Dr. Emily Splickle. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in, folks. Hunzahealthy.com is the place to go to find all these interviews. And, uh, again, visit her websites, learn more about mm -hmm. barefoot training, barefoot running. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.